This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about tahini. Mm-hmm. Yes. Any reason this one was on your mind? Oh, was there? <laughs> uh, I love this because this question comes almost every time and every time you're kind of like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, I'm like, oh, heck, I'm surprised by this question. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that I've been... Thinking about baba ganoush because uh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, yes, and I, I went to I went to a wedding uh, last October. Mm-hmm. I think it could <laughs> yeah. have been um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that had this lovely spread. the the um, uh, the The bride um, is is Egyptian, and they had this lovely spread of like just the best hummus and baba ganoush and all of these beautiful things and. I'm like still craving that particular hummus. Yeah. Yeah. Doing this when I, my grocery list got updated with a couple of items. Huh. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I got to get that. I got to get that. Um, I've had too much tahini in my day. I've definitely had it, uh, but I'm, I'm looking to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Like straight. I don't think I've ever had it. I don't think I've ever cooked with it myself. I do have a can in my cupboard. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it's time. It, it, it's it's past time. It's past time. You're right. <laughs> um, I can't help but think every time I think of tahini. First of all, Utini from Star Wars: A New Hope, which is how the Jawas particularly communicate. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> very similar. Uh, also, host, not the Korean movie, uh, but the one about Zoom, or that was based on Zoom. That came out during the pandemic. Oh, there's a line in there about tahini, uh, <laughs> and I I don't know why, but it always kind of stuck out to me because they were trying to guess what the woman who was leading their seance had ordered for delivery, 
and they said jar of tahini and I always thought that was kind of kind of interesting <laughs> interesting huh. guess but hey yeah. delicious it sounds <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, 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 deep cut horror fact of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Friday the 13th as we oh, record this. Oh, hey. And you, you know we love our deep cut horror facts. We do. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can see our Sesame Seed episode for more information about this topic. Uh, sure. Um, also, we have done an episode on hummus um, and uh, shawarma, vaguely related. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings us to our question. I guess it does. Tahini. What is it? Well, uh, tahini is a smooth, rich paste made from grinding sesame seeds that have usually been hulled and toasted. It's, uh, it's sesame butter. Uh, sometimes made with a bit of extra oil to, like, loosen up the texture, maybe a pinch of salt. It's, it's a really simple, basic ingredient that, like other nut and seed butters, can add so much flavor to dishes and, and body to sauces. Um, used in both savory and sweet applications, um, it's uh, it's buttery and, and a little uh, roasty toasty and mildly nutty, like a little bit bittersweet. It's like if, it's like if peanut butter were living up to its full potential. <laughs> Feels kind of like a, a peanut butter burn, but I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like um, it's 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 like like a Where's Waldo of an ingredient. Like like oh, what is that lovely note? I can't quite put my finger on it, but it was right there waving at you the whole time. Just like your jar of tahini, Lauren. Yeah. Just waiting, mm-hmm. just waiting for you to find it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so yes, for like a basically one ingredient thing, um, uh, sesame seeds. Again, we have already done an episode on this. You see that for more. But, um, but they are, sesame seeds are the wee oily seeds of the sesame plant. Um, they have a thin hull, which you can uh, blanch or otherwise process them to remove. I know how much you love blanching. Um, uh, <laughs> um and uh, and that will leave you with a uh, with a small cream colored seed. Uh, sesame seeds do also come in darker colors, but white ones are usually used for tahini. Applying heat to these seeds will deepen their color a bit, bring out their nutty flavor a little. Um, they're already really buttery and a little sweet with a with a nice balance of bitterness. So they're one of those things that like if you just don't mess them up, they're they're already great. Um, and they are a very oily seed, like 30 to 60% oil by weight. Um, so you can sometimes puree them all by themselves and wind up with a really nice textured paste. Additional oil can help thin it out, uh, making it more uh, spreadable or even pourable. Salt can help bring out the flavor. Uh, but yeah, just simple tahini. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is the second half of what makes hummus hummus, uh, the first half being chickpeas. Uh, and the full name for, for hummus around the Levant where these things are from is hummus be tahini, meaning chickpeas and tahini. Tahini is also a key ingredient in the aforementioned baba ganoush, which is eggplant dip, and some kinds of halva, which is a candy. Um, but it can be used in all kinds of things, um, as a seasoning for roasted vegetables or meat, um, in other sauces and dips and dressings, in soups and stews, in other candies and baked goods and ice cream. Um, I've seen recipes suggesting it as a vegan substitute for things like uh, like butter or mayonnaise in recipes. Huh. 
I saw some people recommending it in like a, you know, tahini and jelly sandwich as opposed to yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. it doesn't usually have added sugar, um, it can be a really nice alternative if you're a little bit over the um, the sweetness of, of peanut butters. Yeah. Um, but it is also particularly useful because it's a natural emulsifier, um, meaning it, it helps uh, it helps oils and water play nice with each other. Okay, um, so like it's great for binding uh, and, and thickening things like salad dressings or soups, or even like mashed potatoes. Yeah, sometimes Ooh. sometimes they get a little bit runny. Like a little bit of tahini could could help even it out. Um, huh. Tahini is an emulsifier because although it's mostly made of oils and proteins and fibers and has very little water, it does contain particles that can link up with oils on one end and water on the other, um, thereby helping the two disperse evenly throughout each other. Um, It behaves a little oddly when you add water, though, Um, like because it's mostly fats and stuff, adding a little bit of water will make it turn thicker. Or, or, or even like kind of dry and clumpy at first because the, the water molecules are clumping together. Um, as you add more water, you eventually hit the point where there's more water than there are fats. And so therefore the fats redistribute themselves and, and float in the water and it'll loosen up into a nice smooth fluid. Uh, tahini is a non-Newtonian fluid, uh, so like ketchup or like wet coffee grounds or something like that, it can really lock up when you apply certain kinds of stress, which basically just means like stir it gently. Be kind with tahini. Yeah. What did it do to you? Come on. Yeah. You don't need to stress tahini out. No, no. Um Rude. And... <laughs> And furthermore, um, Taste Magazine uh, offered the sage advice that that because of this property, if you ever fall into a vat of tahini, treat it like quicksand. You know, don't struggle. That'll only make it lock up around you. You know, like like relax mm-hmm. and and you'll and you'll float to the top. This is very good survival advice. Also, it is. sounds like somebody had a nightmare once. <laughs> it was like, I gotta write this out. <laughs> Uh, but yes, we are ostensibly a food show. Um, these days, tahini is produced and sold at an industrial level with lots of different intended purposes and added ingredients to, to play with the texture and the flavor, you know, um, uh, all kinds of, uh, I mean, you know, from, from like garlic or, or, or pepper tahini, um, like five seed tahini with, with, with flax and sunflower and pumpkin and chia seeds added in, um, dark chocolate sea salt tahini. I don't know. Um, tahini in a squeeze bottle. Yeah. Wow. All kinds of things going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what about the nutrition? Tahini is nutritionally dense. Um, It contains a lot of mostly good fats, as well as a punch of protein, um, uh, some fiber, a good smattering of of minerals and other micronutrients. You know, like it'll help fill you up and and keep you going. Um, But, you know, pair it with a vegetable. Yeah. 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 Um, And it, it gets brought up a lot in terms of like 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 Mediterranean diet advice or um or some of the like 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 plant-based food health trends that we see. I, I will say that most research that's been done on sesame products has been done on sesame oil or sesame extracts. Um, but some research has shown that that incorporating tahini into your diet as like a substitute for less healthy 
snacks and ingredients um, uh, has, has been shown to possibly make a good difference. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. So per capita, the Chinese consume the most sesame seeds in the world, followed by the Israelis. When it comes to prepared prepackaged tahini specifically, um, uh, Turkey consumes the most, followed by Israel, Iran, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and Lebanon. Um, and yes, the Levant is responsible for like 88% of global demand of tahini. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that is um, shifting a little bit. Um, as of 2021, the global tahini market was worth some $1.8 billion a year, um, which is almost double what it was circa 2014. Um, and it's expected to grow by another billion in the next decade or so. The uh, the the continued spread of cuisines from these areas, uh, uh, plus right the aforementioned uh, trends in plant based foods, um, and also in in, in ready to eat foods, um, is credited for these gains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in a twenty twenty horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> from the UK. Uh, that movie was based, I believe. Okay, all so. right. Still hey, haven't seen it. Something. I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure that I'm I'm ready to like watch a Zoom based horror movie. I don't think I'm not. <laughs> it I'm does not, I, change like this whole. I'm telling you, I've been in Zoom meetings where I'll be like, oh no, I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it because it's they don't have the you know fancy version, so it's only 55 minutes or whatever that time limit is. So oh. that timer keeps popping up, and it's a nice little like hour bite. You know, if you okay. don't have time to watch a whole movie. You have time to watch an hour, maybe, but that's just me, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) we do have some history for you. We do, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be. And it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. 
It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, as per usual, I couldn't find as much as I wanted to with this one because I think a lot of that information didn't get recorded or isn't on English, Google. So it's unfortunate. It bothers me. But if if listeners, if you have any more information, as always, resources, please let us know. Yeah. Also, there are a lot of side quests like Baba Ganoush that I was like, this is a separate thing. Yeah. 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 So. So just to keep that, keep that in mind. Um, and a quick recap. Sesame seeds are ancient and perhaps one of humanity's first cultivated crops. It was being cultivated in India by 5000 BCE. um, And these seeds are thought to have originated in the Indian subcontinent. But there is still academic debate around that topic. Mm -hmm. Um, Love it. As far back as 4,000 years ago, ancient Babylonians and Assyrians were using sesame seeds for all kinds of things, including oil, perhaps primarily oil. and uh, as far back as 3,500 BC, they were they were being used in oil, these seeds. When ancient cuneiforms reference sesame seeds and all the uses for them, particularly serving the Egyptian gods sesame wine. Mm, um, so uh-huh, this was them, uh-huh. particularly in Egypt. Though, yes, the use was mainly for the oil. They were also used medicinally. The seeds were prized because they could grow where most things died <laughs> um, yeah. or couldn't grow. And this has been a huge part of their story. According to some sources, tahini is almost as old as sesame seeds in the regions that they originated. And a few places put the first mention of tahini as a culinary ingredient, a ground sesame paste, um, to a 13th century Iraqi cookbook, though many think it was around much longer. And that's one of those things to me that just makes sense. Right, sure. It was around much longer than that. Um, and in this mention, it was uh, as an ingredient for hummus casa. Uh, and the word tahini uh, comes from uh, from an Arabic verb for for crushing or grinding. So makes sense. Yep. The Ottoman Empire spread and helped popularize sesame seeds and tahini. And that was an accidental pun. And it kind of cracked me up uh, during <laughs> huh. the 14th century and beyond. Uh, And as it spread, it has become part of dishes all over the world. Uh, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, African, Iranian, Turkish, and Middle Eastern dishes use tahini. And that's just to name a few. Uh, For many places, sesame seeds were quite expensive. And so sesame seeds and tahini uh, were more of a rich people thing. I even read that at some point in some regions, tahini may have been used as currency. Um, But I wasn't really able to get to the bottom of that. It was reported in a few places, so I thought I'd mention it. But, you know, grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Grain of sesame. Grain of sesame, yes. Um, As mentioned in our sesame seed episode, enslaved people also brought sesame seeds to the U.S. um, and they were called Benny seeds or just Benny. 
Um, the word tahini didn't appear in English until the 1930s. And I couldn't find a great source for this, but a lot of things I read claimed that tahini started appearing in health stores in the U.S. in the 1940s. Um, U.S. immigration reforms passed in the 1960s that opened the doors for more Arab and Asian immigrants to come to the country. And with them came their cuisine and things like Middle Eastern restaurants and markets started popping up across the country. Um, and many of them offered tahini. Uh, skipping ahead to the present day, uh, I wanted to talk about a tahini controversy. Um, that cropped up in the summer of 2020 when, okay, follow with me now, um, this, this Palestinian tahini producer who, uh, who lives and runs her business in Israel partnered with an Israeli LGBTQ organization to start a support hotline for queer Palestinians living in Israel. Okay. Uh, this company, um, Al-Ars, uh, makes like 20 to 25 tons of tahini a day so they are a, a major brand, like all over grocery stores there. They export to 18 countries, including here. Um, so, so, so this was kind of a big deal. And I wanted to mention this because, well, okay, like it's an interesting story, but also it demonstrates how food gets involved in these cultural and, and, and colonial clashes. Um, like, like there were some conservatives who got mad at the brand for, for, for pairing with an LGBTQ organization at all. But a deeper controversy came when some Palestinians thought that the owner of the company should have instead supported an existing Palestinian LGBTQ hotline. Um, like, especially because they're concerned that this is just sort of Israel trying to direct attention away from, like, broader human rights violations against Palestinians. Um, it's, it's also interesting because it, it demonstrates, once again, the connections that exist between food and especially traditional foods um, and activism and shows the, uh, the progressiveness that's flourishing in, in parts of these communities that have been considered conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, it is one of those things where you, it's a, it shows how food is so much more than just food. And I think right. people who listen to the show know that. Um, but for, for some, sometimes it's just easy to forget that, I guess. So yeah, this is really an interesting story and look at that. Yeah. Um, uh, also a shop that is billed as the world's first tahini boutique opened in Istanbul in early 2021. Um, the, uh, the idea here is they have different types of sesame seeds from like 14 different countries and you can choose your seeds and other flavorings and they will create your bespoke tahini fresh in front of you. Um, it also features a cafe with like chocolates and macarons and lattes and fancy pastries that all feature tahini. Um, I, I was like I was like trawling their Facebook and I and I watched this video that they posted um, back in December that was like set to Jingle Bell Rock and it featured the the, the making of and cross section of this this Rudolph themed like filled multi tiered mini cake. It was really really amazing. Just yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, tahini. Uh, yeah, um, the place is called simply the Levant. Um, and and the team said at the time that they were looking to open a second location in Beverly Hills. So, 
Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love this. I wasn't expecting it, but I love it. <laughs> and as we've been mentioning throughout, tahini has seen a massive upswing in Western countries in recent years. Um, there are all sorts of artisanal tahinis like this, uh, flavored tahinis, pretty much whatever you can imagine. Uh, you can buy tahini and tahini seasonings in most grocery stores here in the U.S., for example. Um, I might look for I, tahini seasonings. I'm kind of like, huh. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I obtained mine <laughs> from one of, <laughs> one of the organizations that I volunteer for has a food pantry. And, and we got this just like massive drop off of um, Sephardic Jewish uh, foods, like packaged foods. And so there's just there was just this massive amount of tahini and I was like, oh, I've never had a can of tahini before. Let's see what that's about. Yeah. Well, you'll have to report back once you've seen what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> I I know now to stir it slowly. So <laughs> yes, do not stress out your tahini. <laughs> I will not be happy to hear that. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, if you have any uses for tahini, recipes for tahini, experiences with tahini, we would love to hear them. We would. Uh, we do have some listener mail already prepared for you, though. Um, it has been stirred slowly, and we are going to get yes. into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be. And it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Listen Stir it slowly. Yeah. No stress. No, no stress. stress. No stress. Mm-mm. No. All right. <laughs> Bart wrote, Loved the Panatone show. I loved the stuff before I listened, and now I love it even more. Mm. We discovered it in a most unusual way. But it's become a real treat in our house now. I'm a Belgian living in Ireland and married to an amazing Irishman. We both have very strong Proustian taste memories Hmm. of our childhood Christmases, but of very different things. For me, it's speculas, delicious, lightly spiced biscuits doled out by Sinterklaas, St. Nick. And for him, it's traditional Irish minced pies, mini shortbread pies filled with minced and spiced dried fruit and Christmas cake. Very rich and dense spiced fruitcake. A few years into our relationship, we discovered my darling beloved has celiac disease. So we've been living gluten-free for over a decade now. In the early years, it was a real slog to find decent gluten-free food, but that's just not a problem anymore for the day-to-day stuff. But once a year, at Christmas, we remember how limiting it can be. (laughs) Um, The Irish Christmas stuff is all very dense and doesn't really depend on gluten's air pockets. So it's probably not a surprise that there are now gluten-free minced pies and Christmas cakes that even the most refined palate couldn't distinguish from the glutinous original. But the Belgian stuff, that Hmm. proved more of a problem. When the German supermarkets like Lidl came to Ireland and added gluten-free ranges, we didn't get my Belgian stuff, but we did get other European Christmas treats, including gluten-free panettone. Neither of us had ever had it before, but the first time I cut into one, warmed it slightly in the microwave, and spread some real butter on it, we both fell in love. Mm. Similarly, German specialty goods maker Scher introduced us to Lebekuchen, which we both also now love. Also, there's a happy epilogue. Both Scher and Lidl now do gluten-free speculas. So because celiac disease forced us to broaden our horizons, we now feel truly European at Christmas time <laughs> as we enjoy speculas, minced pies, Christmas cake, Lebekuchen, and panettone. Anyway, <laughs> if you're looking around for some Christmassy topics for next year, how about speculas or Lebekuchen? Okay, first of all, Bart, this is lovely. And thank you for sharing yeah. that. And I very, very much apologize if I butchered all of those pronunciations. <laughs> I gave it a solid effort. I looked up some stuff, but whoo. <laughs> yeah, that was a roller coaster. That was a roller coaster of pronunciation. Um, yes. But, <laughs> but thank you for coming along with me, Lauren, <laughs> being supportive during this, this time. Uh, uh, oh, but but all of that does sound delightful. Thank you for the tips. Uh, there's yeah. there's a there there there's a little in um, at least at least one in Atlanta now. Um, I've been meaning to go. Ooh, yeah. Savor, savor field trip that is much more uh, easily accomplished than a lot of our other field trips <laughs> on our list. <laughs> no, yeah. this is great. And I'm glad that you are able to find more 
gluten-free options around the holidays now. Absolutely. I'm glad that you discovered Hanatone and loved it. Um, this is all, all amazing. And yes, uh, we have added those topics to our admittedly massive uh, list, but they're on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely overwhelming, but they're but they're on there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Harry's wrote, "Absolutely love your show. You guys make the workday zip by." All right, on to the ranch. LOL. Okay, I know. LOL, but I hate ranch too. And I just got the Rick and Morty cookbook and thought I would try it out. Uh, we're gonna make the pickle Rick pickles later today. And wow, I was not grossed out at all. I think it might be the aquafaba instead of eggs, but I'm no scientist. Uh, try if you dare. P.S. Um, if the idea of ranch is still absolutely terrible, we sent along our spicy candied maple bacon recipe and our pear custard pie recipe, too. Ooh. Yeah. We love recipes. You know that. Uh, just a clarification. This email came with, like, the subject line... We got to talk about ranch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and it came attached with uh, with this recipe from the Rick and Morty cookbook, which is apparently a thing. Um, and uh, and the the recipe is titled Riggedy Riggedy Ranch. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's it's a version of of ranch made with uh, aquafaba and cream of tartar and some Dijon mustard as the texturizers um, ah. in order to create that like that like kind of creamy mouthfeel without having to um, to use eggs. So fascinating. That is fascinating. Also fascinating is it makes three cups of dressing. I guess if you. <laughs> If you like ranch or at a party, it could go fast. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, that does seem that does seem like quite a bit of dressing, but it does. But I guess that's like about what would be in like a large bottle. It's party sized. It is party sized. <laughs> and you know, Rick and or Morty would want us to have a party. I suppose so. I suppose we can't argue with that logic. <laughs> Well, maybe one day I'll give it a go. Maybe one day I'll give it a go. Um, thank you, as always, listeners, for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 